I want to know why do carrots grow underground if broccoli doesn't? Why do some birds migrate? Where do rainbows come from? Welcome to The Nature of Things, the series where we explore science and the natural world. My name is Colette and I'm your guide. In each episode, school children just like you ask a question and then we find a grown-up scientist to help them find the answer. Why do we not take antibiotics when we have a cold? Why do some birds migrate? Why do birds smell bad? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) And today we've travelled all the way to Ballyboy National School. And where is Ballyboy for people who have never been here? Um, It's in Offaly. And today's science question comes from... Alicia. Roisin. And also... Michael. And their question is quite a perplexing one. Our question was, do fish drink water? Do fish drink water? What a great query. Now, on the surface of it, it all sounds pretty straightforward. Fish live in water, so you would think that they drink a lot. As it turns out, though, it's not that simple. Why don't we ask a fish scientist what he thinks about the question? I like the idea of whether fish drink or not, because obviously sometimes, especially in Ireland, sometimes you hear people say, I've been drinking like a fish. And interestingly enough, even if you live surrounded by waters like fish do, it's not always the case that they actually end up drinking water. My name is Stefano Mariani. I'm a lecturer in fish population biology. I was always fascinated by the world of fishes and anything that lives under the water. There is a remarkable difference between freshwater fish and saltwater fish, marine fish. And that difference is the way that water moves in and out of their bodies. It all hinges on a process called osmosis. And this means that water tends to get sucked into things that contain a lot of sugar or salt. If you've ever dropped a shriveled up raisin into a glass of water, you'll notice that after a while, the raisin starts to look plump and less wrinkly. This is because the fluid inside the raisin has a lot of sugar in it. We say it's very concentrated. And because of this, the raisin actually absorbs water from its surroundings. The same thing happens with fish. The bodies of freshwater fish in lakes and rivers, well, they're very concentrated. Their body fluids contain more salt and other chemicals than the water they're swimming in. And this means, like the raisin, water moves into their bodies very easily through their gills. So essentially, day in and day out, the bodies of freshwater fish are constantly flooded with water. And that means that fish in freshwater definitely don't need to drink. If anything, they have to try to have a lot of pee. By the same token, fish that live in the sea, they have the opposite problem. In the sea, the water that surrounds a fish's body is more concentrated with salt and other chemicals than the fluid inside the fish's body. That means that their body fluids will tend to go through their membranes and get into the seawater. And that means that the fish in the sea will tend to get dehydrated very quickly if they didn't drink.
So, what exactly is the answer to the question, do fish drink? Salt water fish do drink, but freshwater fish don't. Thank you to Roisin, Alicia and Michael for their great question. And thank you also to fish biologist Stefano Mariani for helping us to learn more about the fascinating world of fish. And here's a follow-up question that you might find interesting. Is there any type of fish that lives in both salt water and fresh water? Is it salmon? Yes, indeed. Salmon is one species of fish that spends part of its life in fresh water and part in salt water. And as we're about to learn, it's an incredible feat. Salmon are very interesting. This is Marie Ferg. She's a biologist and she's going to help us find out more about how salmon manage this. They start being born or hatching from eggs in freshwater streams, far inside of land masses of continents. Then they make their way downstream through the freshwater towards the ocean where they will spend the majority of their lifetime. But switching between freshwater and saltwater is not at all easy. Your body needs to have very special conditions to survive in freshwater compared to saltwater and the other way around. And that's because, as we already learned today, the bodies of freshwater fish are constantly being flooded with water. This means that fish in rivers have special ways of getting rid of all that extra water in their bodies, but without losing those precious salts and other chemicals that they need to survive. And saltwater fish do the opposite. Their bodies lose water to the salty ocean through their skin and gills, so they have to drink a lot of water to maintain water in their body. But that water that they're drinking is salty, so it means that their bodies have developed really special ways to get rid of all that extra salt. And this means before a young salmon can move into the sea from a river, it has to completely change the way its body works. So what happens in a salmon to make this transition to go from freshwater to saltwater is really, really interesting. And it's all down to hormones. You might have heard of hormones. They're molecules that our bodies produce and they are responsible to regulate all sorts of processes in our bodies. For you, one of the most known might be your growth. You're growing up currently because of hormones, but it also has to do with regulating the blood sugars and triggering hunger. When your blood sugar is getting lower, hormones are responsible to give you the feeling of hunger so that you eat something. Hormones also are involved in making you feel tired so that you have time to recover and sleep again. In salmon though, Hormones mostly trigger changes in its kidneys and gills. And all of these changes take place in a very special part of the river. So when the salmon is traveling down the freshwater stream towards the ocean, eventually they will reach an area which is called brackish water, which is where the freshwater of the river and the salt water from the ocean are mixing. So it's not quite freshwater, but it's also not quite salt water yet. 
which is a really good place to slowly transition from freshwater to saltwater body changes. They stay around this area for usually a few days to a few weeks, so their bodies can adjust, and then they go all the way into the salt water. The salmon then usually spend one or more years at sea. They grow bigger, they mature into adult fish, until at some point they have this urge, this instinct, to return to the river that they came from, to spawn. In other words, to lay eggs and produce a new generation of fish. Which is also a very interesting mechanism. We are not quite sure how they do it. We think it's the combination of smell and orientating on the magnet field of the Earth, similar to birds who do that. But now they had the same problem they had when they were young fish. They have to rechange the whole transition that they did as a very young fish, which again is triggered by hormones, because hormones can also trigger again the same change, but backwards. Thank you to the boys and girls of Ballyboy National School for being so curious about salmon and other fish. We did fish and our geography book the other day. Ah, oh, tell me more. What did you do about fish and geography? We did, like, all about algae and all that sort of stuff. Fantastic. What are, what are algae? There's, like, a green gong on top of, like, rivers and lakes and all that. And how do they live? Thank you also to biologist Marie Ferg for helping us with our research into all things fishy. In the next episode of The Nature of Things, we'll be asking why humans and some other animals have milk teeth and why they fall out. The Nature of Things is presented and produced by Colette Kinsella. It's a red hair media production for RTE Radio and it was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee.